Now, Simon Toflamet base, uh, uh, which is still dealing, the next couple of Simonim are dealing with the uh, search of the Chomets. So, over here we're going to learn about Din Birchas Bedikas HaChomets, the law about the blessing that we make for searching the Chomets. We make a blessing. Just like for any mitzvah we do, we make always a blessing. A blessing is our way of thanking Hashem for the opportunity to serve him, so we make a blessing. So, searching for the chametz, as we've learned earlier, is a mitzvah that the Rabbanan instituted, that one should search for the chametz, remove the chametz, and therefore there is a blessing. We are going to have 12 sub-sections uh, to this chapter, uh, 432, Tough Lamed Base. Subsection number 1, Aleph. Before, before you start to search, uh, before you search, you one needs to make a blessing. Just as we make a blessing for all mitzvahs that are from the words of the suffering of the scribes of the rabbis. Now, this is a special emphasis of this because one can ask, in the blessing we say, Baruch Atah Hashem, blessed are you God, Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, the God, King of the world. But then you say the words, Asher Kiddishanu B'mitzvotav V'tzivanu. You have sanctified us with your commandments, and you have commanded us all to do. Now, one may ask, if it's only from the rabbis, so God did not really command you because the rabbis commanded you. It's not from the Torah. What comes from the Torah, you can say, God commanded you. How do we say that he, that you have commanded us when it's not directly from Hashem? But the truth of the matter is, we do and all blessings of the rabbis make Hashem Kedushanu. Yeah, and the reason is because God commanded us to listen to the rabbis. And when we listen to the rabbis, we're actually listening to God's commands. When God told us, we have both a positive and a prohibition, that we must listen to the rabbis and we're not allowed to turn away from the words of the rabbis. So when we do a mitzvah that the rabbis instituted, we're still going to say, Asher So what is the blessing that we do for searching the comments? So Mavarich. What is the blessing made? Now listen very carefully to the blessing. Seems a little strange. What would you expect to make a blessing for the searching of the chametz? Al, if the al bedikat chametz, right? For the searching of the chametz. But guess what? That's not the blessing we make. We say Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Haolam Asher Kiddushanu B'Mitzvosu V'Tzivanu. We say Al Biur Chametz. Biur Chametz means for the removal of the chametz. We're not making a blessing for the searching of this chametz, but we're making on the removal. So you wonder why, but we're doing a mitzvah that we're searching for the chametz. Why is the blessing for the removal of the chametz? Now, Although at this point of the searching, he isn't removing it yet. He'll only destroy, remove the chametz later on, which is going to be the next day, as we're going to learn, is when you burn the chametz. So why is he making a blessing to remove the chametz if he's only searching for the chametz right now? And here he's making a blessing already to remove the chametz. He's not leaving it where he finds it. 
Yeah, well, this is only the beginning of the process. Here, the removal of the chametz doesn't just mean removing it from its place. Removing it means removing it from your uh, possession by destroying it, by burning it, or doing something to it to cause it that it should not exist anymore. So as we learned, so that you don't by accident come to eat it or do something. So you must totally get rid of it from the world. So even though this is the beginning of the process... But that's exactly why the reason is. He says like this, nevertheless, the blessing is still for the removal of the chametz. The reason is, be your chametz. Why? Soon after he finishes the checking, he is mevatel, he nullifies and he also is mafkir, he gives up his ownership. Kol All the chametz that was remained in your house, that he didn't find. As we'll explain to you in one minute. That nullification is considered to be a removal, a destroying chametz, as the halacha is that is a fitting, that is a good thing. For that chametz that is not known to him, that you did not find during your search. But haven't you sold it already? We'll talk about selling. Right now, we're talking, not talking about the selling. Selling it. is before the bidikat chametz. No, first of all, no. The, 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 you may, the selling may take place to the rabbi or before, but the rabbi doesn't sell it till right before Pesach, for later on. But besides that, what we are searching for is not for that chametz that we are selling. The goy that we sell, we only sell specifically uh, known chametz that we designate in the closet, or we have a place for it, that's what we sell. You don't sell chametz that's hanging around the house, that's not a valid sale. Not a valid sale, you don't know about it. Now, but I just want to say a few things that we learned over here. First of all, we have here the two double language of bittel and hefker. Hefker means that you make something ownerless. How do you make something ownerless? If you own something, you can go ahead and say, I make this ownerless. Now, usually you need to say it in front of three people, and then you sort of remove your ownership from an item. You don't have to own an item. By Chometz and Pesach, we don't quite require the level of Hefker, which would be normally required, because the attachment from the person to the item that he's giving up is also very minimal because he, since he's not allowed to benefit or eat the chametz, it's enough to be mevatel. So bittel is in a way a nullifying is similar, is based on hefker, it's based on giving up your ownership without going through all the requirements of hefker, just making up your mind and saying that you're mevatel. Yeah, what were you saying? Okay, forget it. Okay. So the point over here is like this. Yeah, what do you want to say? Go ahead. No, it's like somebody leave outside something and put free. Free. Sign. Yeah, the that's like after. Yeah, yeah. Now, over here, what he's telling you like this. When a person searches the chametz, we learned earlier that one cannot just say, I give up all my chametz, it's in my possession. If he was able to do that, then he wouldn't have to search for the chametz. Then you say, look, I don't own anything. But we learned that you can't do that. Why? 
for two reasons, he says. First of all, people may not really mean it when they're saying it because, you know, maybe they have, if they just said, oh, I don't want that box of Cheerios, and he says, okay, I give up my mind, and then he's going to take it back. Well, he never really gave it up because he still had a mind to keep it. So that doesn't count. And another reason, we don't want a box of Cheerios, even if you did give it up to be in your house, because you might come to eat it. If it's around there and you can reach it, you're going to eat it. So you might forget. So we, it doesn't work. So therefore the Chachamim required and you have to search it and you got to actually remove it from your house. Now, one second. Now what happens is in this case, but after you finish searching, so you did the best you can. So what do you do with what's left over that maybe you missed? I mean, you're Chuck, you're only human. And, you know, you, look, you did the best you can. Maybe you left something over. So there is a requirement that after we do the Badikat Chametz, we go ahead and we do the bittel, what's called the bittel chametz. After we finish searching, and what you're basically saying, that chametz that you did not find during your search, you are giving up your ownership. Now, okay, there's nothing to do about it because you can't remove it because you, you, you looked for it. You don't have it. You did the best you can. So you're giving up your, you're being mevatlet, and this actually removes your connection to that chametz. So you're no longer connected to that chametz. You will not be violating everything, anything if that chametz is in your possession unbeknown to you. Of course, if you find it, we're going to learn later on what are you supposed to do with it. What happens if in the middle of Pesach you find some chametz laying around your house? We're going to learn about that later on. But right now we're talking about you don't know. What could you do? So because that uh, requirement that you do the bittel after you search for the chametz, that is called beer. You're removing. You're removing yourself from the ownership for that. That is a reason that's one reason why we're making the blessing A, we said we're making for the removal of the chametz because you're actually removing the chametz when you're going to do the bittel. Yeah, what do you want to ask? What's the bittel? Is that like a phrase? Or? <laughs> bittel is, bittel is uh, uh, making it nullification. It's making it's unimportant. It's no, you say. There is a, there's a piece that you say. Right. There's a piece that you say. You have to say that and you have to know what you're saying. Can't just, so not like a prayer. Something, line, yes. But the bittel kachamets, that's not from the Torah, is it? From the rabbis. That's the what we're rabbis. talking about. The rabbis. That's it's, what we're talking about. From right. the rabbis. rabbis and, and don't you place bread... Well, we're going to learn about that. You're going to get ahead of it. Yeah, we're going to, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You don't have to, well, we'll see that in one second. We're going to discuss that, but give us a chance, okay? Now, what happens, so what are we doing? So there's, we're, we're trying to explain why do we make the blessing for the removal of the chametz, and why don't we make the blessing for searching of the chametz? So he tells you. Number one, he says to you, as soon as you're going to finish your bedikah, you're actually going to be removing the chametz from your ownership. That is unknown to you. Further, what does it do with the chametz that is known to you? So you, you don't have to remove. You have to search for the chametz. But you have, you have your breakfast all set for the next day. You didn't have to do, do anything. You have known chametz. You're keeping food that you want to eat up on the morning of the 14th. You're still going to eat chametz over there. Two hours before we learn that also. No, two hours before that you have to get to get rid of it. So we're saying the chametz that is known to you, 
you are hiding it. Because the halacha is, you have to put it away in a place of hiding, meaning not in a place that the kids can grab hold of it, or the mice, they used to have a lot of problems, you see with mice, it was mice infested all the time in their homes over there. So you have to place it in such a way that you're not going to have it scattered after you put it away because if you're going to search your chametz and then you're going to have somebody take all the chametz that you put away, then you're going to have to start searching again, then you didn't accomplish anything. So the known chametz from ad you put it away in hiding until the next day, he will eat with it up till the fifth hour because like I said, eating is only permitted up till five hours of the day, which means the first, second, third, and fourth hour of the day, which is you're allowed to eat the chametz. And the hamoyser, what's going to be done with the leftover? So you're going to eat, but you're not going to eat up every crumb. What are you going to do with the rest of it? You're going to uh, remove it from the world. You're going to get rid of it. The same thing, he doesn't mention it over here, but it's really the same thing what you're going to do with the chametz that you found. But right now we're not talking about you put away pieces. Right now you maybe you searched for the chametz, maybe you didn't find anything. We don't know what you did, but he's just telling you. So what happens? After you finish your searching for the chametz, you're going to go ahead and do the betel. You're going to remove the unknown chametz. The known chametz, what are you going to do with it? You're going to eat it the next day. And with the leftover, what you're going to do, you are going to remove it from the world. Burn it. You're going to burn it. So this removal of the chametz, the burning of the chametz, the, the uh, and this nullification that takes place on the night of the 14th, which is for the unknown chametz and the burning of the known chametz, then we don't make a bracha from them. They don't get their own bracha. They are exempt with the bracha that you made on the bedika, which means the searching of the chametz is the beginning of the process. It's a process that takes place that has several steps. You're not going to make a separate bracha. They're not going to be like a separate mitzvah that you're going to make a separate bracha. You are going to rely on the bracha that you made when you did the searching. So therefore, shitchilas habir, which is the beginning of the removal. You started the removal. You have chametz in my possession. Now I'm starting the removal. How do I start it? I do the searching for the chametz. Then I go ahead and I do the bittle. Then I go ahead and I actually remove what's left over. Now, I'm not going to make a separate bracha of these things. Now, when you have to consider which one is the right bracha to make right now, should I make searching or the removal of the chametz? Those two things are going to be exempt with the searching of the chametz. So, therefore, lefikach mevarchim alehem abir chametz. That's why we make a blessing on them for the removal of the chametz because it's all really one mitzvah and they're all begins with the searching and therefore there is no separate bracha and therefore you make one bracha abir chametz and that includes everything else that follows. Yeah. So if you're eating chametz on the day of you know up to five hours right? you don't say hamotzi 
No, we're talking about the bracha for removing the chametz. No, but I'm saying like when you're going to burn the chametz, when you're going to go out to the fire, no, you're going to make a motzi. Sure. No, you mean saying. when? They, yeah, of course. Yeah, you, you are going to make a The blessing that we're talking about is the blessings no, for the special mitzvah of removing the chametz. Right, but the morning that you're eating, you know, you prepare for. Oh, the you're going to eat. You're going to yeah, regular bracha. You regular, regular bracha. bracha. That's not nothing to do with that. This is and, not the and, and why do you have to burn that leftover thing? Isn't it part of the stuff you sold? Okay, no, okay, that's, that's a good question. The, 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 goy, the, the selling is not just a, a, a game over here. The selling, what works is, again, I want to say this again, what you do is you put it in a closet, yeah, specifically, okay. and that is what's sold. And you're not selling it no trash, and you're not selling what's left over, and he ain't going to buy it. That's making a mockery out of it. It's not. You're actually selling him whatever you designate, whatever you put away, and that is what you're selling him. And you're not going to start saying whatever I don't want is sold to him because he ain't going to buy it. If you have Cheerios in the morning, of, you can't just put it no. in the cupboard of the stuff you Well, you, that, that you could probably do. That you could... That you could do as long as it's before the sale right. that actually was sold to the guy. That you can do that because you don't specify exactly what you're selling him. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. but the assumption of the Shulchan Aruch, what we're reading right now, is that we're actually removing it and we're not selling it. Right. Nothing over here is being sold. We're actually removing we're everything out. Everything that we have in the house. The only reason, so that you know, also this whole car. idea of the whole idea of selling stuff. Only, only developed because there became a need for that. Because when the Jewish people, especially, they were dealing with alcohol, they were dealing with various different kinds that they had. Can't burn it. And it was too expensive. It was their business. What are they going to do? And then it became necessary. It wasn't originally the way the Torah was meant to be done. You physically remove your chametz from your possession. You get rid of it. That's the way to do it. People didn't have storage and storage. Not like today. People uh, bought, you know, tons and tons of food. You know, they didn't. They had a little bit, and you ate it all up, and then you and, and, and then you removed whatever you didn't need up. You removed. You physically got rid of it. But then it became necessary to accommodate. So they found different legal ways of allowing you by selling it to the goy. And we know goy's chametz is permissible. Well, so it's like the butchery. They're open in Pesach, but. They must sell all their chametz, right? Well, you know, they have if you a section, go yeah. in Dorchester, National Wholesale Liquidators, when you walk in for Pesach, they got a thing, and probably not one Jew goes in there but me, there's a sign that says we have sold our chametz for Passover. Yeah. Well, in the but, store. But they well. keep it in the store. Yeah, it's in the store, but yeah. they, technically they don't yeah. own it. They don't. They don't, yeah, own they don't, own. They don't it is the a good... corporation it, sold it's it. A, it's okay, a technical... You it, you lose a lot of money. Crossbow. How many stores? They got hundreds no, of stores all over the country. Right. Right. You, 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 totally you, different. You lose a lot of money. A crossbow, that has to do with the seventh year uh, with uh, with uh, Shemitah, and uh, that cancels out debt, the, the loans, and then you oh, write a prose bill. That's another, that's something else. What? Oh, well, yeah, that's an easy way. Don't get any ideas over here now. <laughs> they, found, they found a way to do that. Okay, let's just go in quickly. Um, okay, so, but we still have a question. So we're saying, okay, you have Basically, separate this all one mitzvah. Some of it is the removal, some of it is the searching, and this is the beginning of that. We don't make a separate bracha, so we make now the bir chametz. But why not make the bracha? But we're doing now too. But the, the rabbis did institute for us to search for the chametz. 
So why don't we make a bracha for the searching of the chametz? But the idea is over here. He says in subsection Why don't we make the blessing for searching the chametz? But that's what you're starting immediately. Okay, and let's say the other things are included in this because you know. So why don't we make the blessing of searching for the chametz? So he says a very interesting explanation. Here. It says The goal of the mitzvah is not the searching. The goal is to find. The removal, to find and remove. So basically, the Chachamim tell you, go search. But they're not, you're not just looking for something, just to find it. That's not the goal of the mitzvah. The goal of the mitzvah is, How do we know that? So let's say you went and you searched for the chametz, and you found chametz. And then you don't remove the chametz that you found during your search. You didn't do anything, right? So if you're going to build a sukkah, here is just another example, and then you don't go into the sukkah, so you didn't do anything. So you're going to make a, a blessing, a building of the sukkah, but, well, one second, you're not making, well, we don't make any blessing on the sukkah according to our halacha, Yushami says. But I'm giving you just the example. The guy is going to search for the chametz, he finds the chametz, then he doesn't do anything with it. He hasn't done them, it's not the goal. He didn't do anything. So, in other words, what he's trying to say, by definition, searching is really nothing. Because searching and finding, searching and finding, and not doing anything with it, you have done nothing. What, what have you done? You searched and you found, and therefore nothing. And likewise, also, if you don't nullify the chametz after you're searching, so again, he have not full completed the mitzvah of removing the chametz, which means to say, I think what he's trying to say over here is that it's not like the next day when you're going to remove the physical chametz, but the same thing is if you don't, uh, if you don't, if after searching. The goal has not been fulfilled. In other words, let's say if you do remove that chametz and you're not mevatel the chametz, you still haven't done the mitzvah. Why? Because at the end of the day, you still have chametz. Whatever you didn't find, you can only find that much. You have to be mevatel. So it turns out that your searching has not even accomplished, even if you go ahead and remove that chametz if you don't make the battle for the unknown chametz. And because of that, because the goal basically is to actually remove chametz, that's why the blessing becomes is biur chametz. And you don't make the bracha, and you only make biur chametz at the end. But, but you always remove the chametz because you put it there. That's when you have the ten pieces. But we're not talking about ten pieces. We're talking about the guy's out in search. He doesn't know he's doing it. The ten pieces comes in a little bit later. Where, oh, where you, you we, we actually put him out to be able to find them. Right. One more halacha over here. Um, halacha Gimel. Now we have a question. As you know, when we read the Megillah, what bracha did we make besides for the Megillah? What else did we make? Shechianu. Why? Because a mitzvah that comes from time to time, you make a bracha shechiyonu. So he asks in subsection Gimel, Why don't we make shechiyonu before we search, like we do for other mitzvahs? 
It's a mitzvah that comes from time to time. The requirement, when do we make a shechiyonu? Any time when we have a mitzvah that comes occasionally, from time to time we make a shechiyonu. For the reading of the Megillah, for the taking of the Lulav, for the different mitzvahs that come, for lighting the Shabbat, the Hanukkah, candles the first time we make a shechiyonu. Every time when we start the mitzvah, we make a shechiyonu. Seder, don't you make one at the Seder? No. Well, you make, you make it for the Kiddush. You make it for the Yom Tov. That's separate. That's for the Yom Tov. Okay. But why don't we make... Oh, Lefi... You, 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 you're, you're very close, like they say. You're hot. <laughs> he says, Lefi shemitzvah zu hi l'tzorecharegel. This mitzvah of searching is for what? It's for the holiday. That's why we're searching. It's for the holidays. Which means... What does it mean it's for the holidays? Because we're trying to get our homes ready. L'sakein habayis to prepare our home, and to remove the chametz from the house, that is for the need of the holiday. The upcoming holiday is why we're cleaning up, we're getting rid of the chametz, because Pesach is coming, and is not allowed to have chametz at Pesach. That begs the question, should you make a shechion when you put up your sukkah? Okay, so there's some actually that may, may require that, and that's why on the first night of sukkahs, we make the shechion first, because it goes on the so there is uh, that idea, not in actuality, but we, we do consider that. That's why it is exempt with the blessing of the Shechiyonu, that we make during the holiday, during the Kiddush of the that's nighttime. That's more important one. That's the holiday one. This right. is sort of a, sec- a secondary yeah. to the holiday. Really not the right. holiday. It goes along with the holidays. Now you said something here. The blessing was Al Bedikas Chametz. We got two more minutes. We have the we have the blessing of Al Bedikas Chametz. Now, if you notice, there is various languages in the bracha. Like we say Al Netilas Lulav, but we don't say like Al Tkiya Shofar says. Uh, Listen to the uh, Yeah, because Shofar. Uh, but uh, uh, but then there is sometimes you make. The bracha, some some brachas you make lahafrish chala, right? Why do you make that? Shekishano lahafrish chala. You don't say al hafroshas chala. Sometimes you say al, and sometimes you say le. Al means on, le means two, two separates. Why this difference between al and le? So he says like this: Im beirach, if he made a blessing instead of he says shekishano mitzvotes zavanu levayer chametz to remove chametz instead of. Al biur chametz on the removal of the chametz. The is an the act of, and that's a passive meaning on the mitzvah of removing chametz. Yotza, you fulfill your obligation. If you change it from al to lu. Generally speaking, blessings have to be said exactly the way they have been instituted. If you don't say it in the right way, you have to make yeah, the blessing not. again. But over here, al and le is interchangeable. Like the same thing. The same thing, and the Chachamim allowed that for that. You don't have to go back and make a, another bracha. Same thing would be true with the other mitzvahs. In those mitzvahs which you use the language of al, you say alachilas matzah. So if you said lechol matzah, or instead of alachilas moror, you said lechol moror. On eating more or to eat the more? In berach aleim belamed. If you say the word with a lamed, lechol matzah lechol more to eat matzah, you also you fulfill your obligation.
And the same thing would be the reverse. Those you make with a lamet. As for example, when you put a mezuzah on your door, you say, or you say, to set the mezuzah, to read the halal. Im birch beloshen al, if you said al kriyas halo, you said al kriyas mezuzah, al kriyas halo, yotze you fulfilled. So le and al, it will interchangeable. Al had lakas neir shabbat. Yeah, doesn't bring the same thing. Good. Avol lechatchila tzorich levorech al kol mitzvah berachos tikkun lechachamim. But to begin with, one needs to make the blessing the way the sages instituted it. But why this difference? Why sometimes live? Why sometimes al? What's the reason behind it? The reason why we have different changes in the mitzvahs. It's articulated in the earlier Rishonim. They discuss this. Look in there. They explain why in some there is a pa, uh, like a passive on the mitzvah, some is the act of doing the mitzvah, they explain over there, he's not getting into over here. All what he's telling you over here, that nevertheless, that al and le are interchangeable. Subsection 5, If you forgot to make the blessing before you started checking, you started checking and you didn't make the blessing. So, if you remember before you have completed entirely the checking, so you're still checking some some spots, you haven't finished checking, the Hainu, that is to say, what does it mean before you completely finish? That it's still one space left for him to check. He has it. Even if it's not a full place, only even one corner. Even if it's one hole. And we're talking about a place where there might actually be uh, an amount of chametz that you must remove. If it's in a situation that you can worry that there might be the size of an olive of chametz in that hole. Ayin simen tof memvav, looking simen you're sending you over there basically saying that uh, the checking over here that you're doing is in order to prevent you from violating the prohibition right now we're searching for chametz now if you know that there isn't the size of an olive it's a pretty small piece but the size of an olive of chametz then that becomes sort of nullified by itself. It's not important. If it's less than a size of an olive, then that part isn't considered. Nobody really bothers with it. In a way, it is uh, ownerless. It's almost like you don't, it doesn't exist. So when you're really searching for something, you're searching for something that has a kezai. We'll see more in it in the Simetov Memvav in the uh, chapter 446. But in this case, he's saying to you, if there is a possibility you still have a hole and that hole may contain in it the size of an olive so what you should do is then you still need to make a blessing before you complete this searching why? because before he concludes this checking which means to say 
as long as you're still doing the mitzvah, because as long as there might still be a kezayis chometz in your possession, you're still doing a mitzvah for searching for it. So then you should make a bracha. So you missed it out in the beginning, but there's no reason not to make the bracha now. But what happens? Avalim niskolacha shegomer b'dikasa legamri. Yeah, you remembered after you finished the whole b'dika. You finished. You remember? I oh, I checked the chametz. I forgot to make a bracha. Lo yivarich klum. Don't make any bracha. But wait a minute. I didn't make a bracha. So he says like this. Shekol hamitzvus mevarchin aleihem over last yosum. All the mitzvahs, when we make the bracha upon them, we make them before we do them. Oiver la'asiyosom, that is ahead of doing them. Avalachar gemara siyosom, but after you've already completed their doing, heichivorich v'tzivonu la'asiz mitzvah plenis, how can you say, commanded us to do this mitzvah, ve'enu yisiklum, but you aren't doing anything, you've already done it before. So he's going to say to search the chametz, but he's not searching any chametz. He's already completed doing it. That's why when women light the candles, for example, on Erev Shabbat, we have a problem over there because if they make the blessing before they light the candles, that would be before doing the mitzvah. It's Shabbat. It's already Shabbat for them that they can't light the candles. So they light them first. But what they do is they light them first. But if so, what are they going to make a blessing for the? Lighting of the candle, they already finished lighting the candle. That's why they cover their eyes when they make the blessing. And when they open up, they take or remove their hands from their eyes. Now they are enjoying the light that they just lit. So their bracha that they made was done beforehand. And as far as men go, you know, the blessing of nitilat yadaim that we do, either before we wash for food, or we do for we do in the morning. When do we say the blessing after of the time? First, we after you wash. It's different there too. Why? So same reason because you're washing your hands because you may not be able to say the bracha before you wash your hands. They're not clean. You can't say God's name, so you got to wash them first. That's why we make the bracha before we dry them. When we're washing them, not after you dry them. You make it before you dry them because drying the hand is considered part of the process of washing your hands also. So you make on the tilat yadayim after washing the hands and then you dry them. So that's part of doing it for the mitzvah. So you're saying here, once you're done, you can't say it. That's not. Now, we have but another question. Remember before we learned that, before we learned that what kind of a blessing do we make when we search the chametz? We don't make with it. Why do we make beer chametz? Why? Because we said the ultimate goal is not checking. The ultimate goal is removal. If you should just check and not remove it, you haven't done anything, so you have to remove it. So there are some people that say, if you didn't make a bracha, you did the bedikat chametz and you didn't make a bracha, yes, mishaimesh, afa became that still, yivarich l'machar b'soif shahe, he should make it the next day at the end of the fifth hour, which is the time that he has to burn the chametz, at the end of the fifth hour, at the time that you will be burning the chametz that you found when you search. Make a bracha then, what? Because why? Because that burning is actually the main. The removal. removal of the chametz is right now. Yes, we also have the bittel 
we said that you are mevatel the chametz in a yidua, but the main uh, biur is what you're actually burning the chametz on the next day. Anyways, one should have made a bracha on it. The only reason why we don't make a bracha on the burning of the chametz is because we exempted already because we started the process the night before. It was already exempt. But we are exempting with the blessing of the Chometz. Since you're already making a blessing at the time of Vidika, that already exempts you that you don't have to make another bracha now when you are burning the Chometz. But it's not really removed till you burn it, right? So the next day, wouldn't you want to say the blessing to remove it? Because yeah, but, but the thing is. Overnight, right? But that he explained. That we don't make a say, it's like one long process starts with the searching, which isn't yet accomplishing, so that you can burn. So you have so what to burn. Hands with the burning. But in this case, but this individual who forgot, he didn't make the blessing of the Vedika. So he says, he needs to burn it at the time of the burning. Now, of course, the other ones disagree with him. What is the other opinion? It doesn't bring it. The other opinion disagree because they say there's only one bracha for the searching of the Chum. The Chum did not institute a separate bracha. You missed it, you missed it. So he says, therefore, he gives you, he says, you should worry, to make the bracha without saying, without saying God's name, without saying, you say, Baruch Ato. You don't say Hashem Elokeinu Melech. You leave out the three words, Hashem Elokeinu Melech. You say, Baruch Ato, Asher Kiddishanu, B'mitzvotah V'tzivanu Abir Hamas. You don't say, because we're not sure, can't mention God's name in vain, but better to say the bracha, but don't say God's well, name. You say Biur or Bidika? Biur, here for sure, we always say Biur. But we say, we're always going to say beer. But of course, if you're going to do it at night, I mean, by daytime, you're going to do beer because there's no more bedikah there. You forgot to make the bracha then. But at night, it's bedikah, right? No, also it's beer, also we said. Beer. Yeah, that's we learned. Yeah, because we learned that that's not, the main goal is the burning. You have to check yeah. whether that in the Haggadah. That's what it says in the Haggadah. Trust me. I'll be your comments. Halacha Vov. Now, we're going to learn another halacha here that it is prohibited to interrupt with any speech, no talking, in between the blessing and the opening of the searching. You cannot make a blessing and then start to blabble and then start, so you can't do that. Why? This is just like the same way that you also by all mitzvahs you not only interrupt between the blessing and the beginning of doing the mitzvah. When you make your bracha on your tefillin, you're not allowed to start talking in between. You must start putting on the tefillin as soon as you make the bracha. When you make the bracha to check the chametz, you got to start doing it right away. Now that is talking about in between what the blessing and the. Now, what about during the Bidika? What about during the while we're searching? Am I allowed to speak then? Can you imagine if you're not allowed to? Some people don't speak during while they were the tefillin on. Can you imagine what you can do if you're not allowed to see when you don't speak during the film? The show will be quiet. And <laughs> so he says like this, to begin with, he says, A person should not speak at all. In the middle. L'chatchila. L'chatchila means 
to begin with. And the right way to do it is not to speak at all. He tells you, even from needs of the searching. Right, oh, let's say, what does they do? Which room, oh, which room should I go? Yeah. Don't speak, and don't speak anything. Like to say, okay, you go in this room, you go in that room. You, he says, don't talk at all, even from mm, items that are necessary for the checking. Elohim came, of course, but unless it's a situation unless he cannot start to uh, to um, uh, no, I'm sorry uh, I'm, I'm making uh, I, I made a terrible mistake of it the way I read it because I read it as in between the while you're searching we're talking about here we're talking about in between we're talking about still between the bracha and the beginning of the bedika even from that needs of the bedika you shouldn't be talking about you shouldn't be talking like you see you know a lot of times you know when people wash right so after you make the blessing you're not supposed to talk before it right till you make the amotzi right till you eat the bread so but sometimes, you know, people are delaying. They have to say something. So, what he's telling you, if it's a necessary item that you cannot start searching. So let's say you. Ne- so then, unless it's a situation you can't start doing the searching, if you're not going to speak, you need to talk. You need to tell them where, it is. where to go, what to do. You can't start around. So then, you can talk in between the blessing and the searching because that is actually that speech is part of the searching because you can't search so that's part of it so don't talk at all but if you you don't can't start then go ahead and and talk what's necessary what why can't you talk after washing your hands and then to the is that because connect, is that that's connected, connected because it's connected to the connected yes to the yeah multi? yes because that would be the only reason because you're washing your hands is for the most. I get it. Washing teeth. Avalim avar v'soch and we'll get to those halachas too, God willing, at some point. Avalim avar v'soch b'intayim b'tzorche abdika. But if he went and in between he did speak from matters that are pertaining to the checking, ain't tzorich lachzor levorich. Then you don't have to make the blessing again, even though you interrupted, but you interrupted with matters. That are related to the checking. Even if you could have checked, started to check without having to speak this, but still, as long as what you said is connected to the checking, it's part of the checking to the extent that you will not have to go ahead and make another blessing. However, if you talk something or not, oh yeah, you know, what does the stock market do today? That's the best and, yeah. It's too early. So it says, no, we're talking about when he's checking. No, but then it's already closed. You know, now we have to remember here again, we are talking now in between the bracha and the beginning of the bedikah. It has a totally different rule 
in, once you started checking in between. Now we said like this, if you speak out with things that are not related to that, then you'd have to even make a new bracha. To begin with, don't even talk anything between the blessing and the starting of the searching. Even what's necessary. However, he says, but after, but if you can't start searching, then go ahead and talk. And even if you could, could have started searching and you spoke, but as long as it was things that are related to the bedika, you're still not going to have to make a new, a new bracha. We're not going to make it. What happens if you talk during the... Halacha Zayin. Now it's subsection seven. But Medvor Mamurim, all this is talking about Kishasoch Koydim Shiz Chilivdek when he speaks before he begins to search. Avolim Soch Laacha Shiz Chilivdek. But if he speaks out after he started searching, ain't Sorich Lachzir Levorich. He does not have to go back and make a bracha. It doesn't matter. Kivon Shekvar Hischel B'Mitzvah Shebedech Halal. He already began. The mitzvah that oh, he it started. Only doesn't matter what you say. Doesn't matter what you say now. Even if well, because, to do. because that blessing that you made, you already did something for that blessing because you started the search. So if you talk about one, it doesn't baseball, matter. That's it. Doesn't matter. Not to say that he's encouraging you to talk about baseball, but he's just saying to you, you won't have to make another bracha. The bracha is done. Ein simen tov tzkuf tzadik base. Now, v'chein. So he says to you, they have another thing is, because just like we're not allowed to interrupt by talking, there can also be an interruption by walking around from room to room. Because you're walking from one place to the other place. So we're going to see that it's best actually to go a continuous path to go from place to place so you're not making any interruptions you're continuing but the same thing is if you're going from one room to another room and you're even going from one house to another house so walking in the middle of a mitzvah is not considered it's not considered an interruption to require him to make another bracha just like speaking in the middle of the mitzvah, once the mitzvah has already begun, and you speak even about things that are totally not related, is not considered chashuvah hefsek, it's not considered a interruption. Speaking or walking around would be uh, not considered an interruption. Why would you go to someone else's house? Aren't they doing it? You go from the neighbor. Yeah. yeah, but let's say if you have... now. But it, it, it does it doesn't see that if somebody started the bracha and then he just walks to say the bracha and then he walks he says the bracha like on the dining by the dining room table and then he'll go three floors up and start the searching that bracha is no good he'd have to probably make another bracha because because it's, it's, it's an interruption he can't see it it's a totally it's a, it's considered an interruption just like speaking and the and now I'm not sure he would have to say another bracha because this was. It's still related. It's walking that's related. It's definitely, we're going to learn later on that he shouldn't walk. That's definitely. But I'm questioning. If he did make a bracha, he was downstairs at the dining room table, he didn't listen, he walks upstairs to the third floor, does he have to make another bracha now before he starts to search? 
So, but I'm saying possibly, I don't think he's going to address that clearly. We'll see in a minute. But possibly, because the walking was for the purpose of checking, he will not have to make a bracha, just like when one speaks out with matters that are related to the blessing, he would not have to make a bracha because it is directly related. Even though he didn't have to, to do it, he could have started the search over here, and then there would be no interruption, but maybe that's not really considered interruption. Or maybe we're going to say, no, no, you walked away over there totally, it's not connected, go make a new bracha. But I'm not sure exactly. One should not just make brachas, because you're saying God's name, you see, we're very, we're very collected. You're still in the same house. So what difference would it make? Yeah. Okay, so you're, 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 you, have a, you have a point. No, okay, so if you wash... In, uh, so what happens if you're in an apartment building and you're going into the next door? Would you make a bracha then? We're in a different house. You are residents. Okay, I understand. But right. what happens if you're, you are... Uh, the person left and he asked you, do my bedikas chavetz to me, and you go into his residence. His so you, you, you do have a point within, within things... Your places sometimes no well it doesn't mostly doesn't go by that it goes by if the place is visible like when the issue comes like with a minion so you have a minion the minion has to be in one place what about you have somebody in this room and some other people in the other room it's not a minion now but what happens if these other people are visible now the the minority is visible to the majority the majority of the minority there's various different halachas visible to the place sometimes you have so what is considered a minion sometimes you have to make the blessing in the place where you ate what is considered the place if you can see the place I mean we have all those various halachas but as far as the Badikas Chometz over here goes the fact that you own that house that alone is not sufficient to say that it's yours that it's not an interruption you own it that's very good but still you have to be able mostly it goes also by seeing why don't you close the door if you see someone coming for a minion, and you have nine people, can you start anything, or you got to wait for that person? No, because yeah, you need that for the minion. You need him actually to be in the presence over here. So if you had glass, you have to beam in the door, yeah, and there were five people over there, and there's five people. Uh, and you can okay, see so them. okay, so you know that so that that that, that you no, know, that could become problematic because a mechitza, for example. <laughs> okay. If you have a mechitza, the mechitza is considered to be like a wall, like a partition. But no, no, I'm talking about glass. It's a glass wall. Yeah, what, what, okay, but so this, this, this qualifies as a partition for Shabbos, for anything else that you need a partition. If no, it's that, for him, it's, it's a partition. There's a glass wall, it's two separate yeah. rooms. No okay, so, so is that classified uh, as one room? That could be. No, being, being, just seeing and being in a different room is also would not would not work okay. necessarily. Necessarily, yeah. we got to go through the all all the, all the okay. different halachas about it. What makes it a totally separate room or not? You know what makes it how well, and where the majority of the people are. But these these are other all halachas that are that are discussed. Can you wash your hands in your house and then go say hamotzi in someone else's? That's house? a good question too. You can't have a too far of interruption if you ever wore at a. At a wedding or something, or an Orthodox wedding, you would see that they have like a little piece of bread by the washing station. Always. So the That's so that you can so that you make the mozi right there, so you don't have to have an interruption uh, to, to go back that. to your seat. We, were in the we used to give them a piece of challah with salt. Right there. Right there next to the water. Next to the water, so they don't so have they to make have that interruption. Talking and that. That's what it's the walking yeah, mostly. Walking. It's the walking. It's the walking. Yeah. That would be the interruption. Well, is, it, is it how far you walk, or just yes? You have to. If you can't see the place, it's an interruption well, from so your washing. Those weddings, 
like Chabad or whatever, there's such a big hall that. Well, if, it, it, one, if it's with, if you wash within the hallway, it wouldn't well, be a problem. We went to the kibbutz. They had the the, hall, the bread with the water. Right there, yeah, right next to it. It was so far to walk. Yeah, it was been like from here two blocks to get to the table. <laughs> yeah, that's what we had. Okay, so let's 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 continue over here a little bit over here. So now he says. Um, to begin with, don't talk anything in the middle of the searching. Even with words of Torah. Don't speak. The only thing what you could speak is, because, but if it's needed, you need for checking, that's okay. Because you, that, you're in the middle of the job of checking. So talking about it is part of the job. But if you want to go talk about other stuff, don't do it in the middle of the Bidika. Why? Lefi, he's telling you not even study Torah. Ah, you're saying not even baseball. Okay. <laughs> Depends what your priorities are. Lefi, Sheyesh, Aymrim. Yeah, well. No, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, it's the season. No, it's the no. season. Well, it's all come to 1875, 1880. Now, why is he so strict about it? Why does he care that you would speak different Torah? Some people have a hard time staying away from talking words of Torah. So they want to check. You know, can you imagine how they, how good their checking is going to be if they're going to be involved in them? Else. Yeah, but no, but but why do we care that they are talking some words of Torah while they're checking? Yeah, so he okay. says like this: There's those that say there, there is an opinion that one who does talk in the middle of a mitzvah had a hefsek that it's considered an interruption. There is a, uh, another Even if opinion. You're saying Torah. Yeah, whatever you do, you can't interrupt the middle of mitzvah. Hamitzvah, and you gotta go make a bracha again when you if you interrupt it when you're finishing the mitzvah, make another bracha. Why? Because you talked. Again, we're talking about you talked items which are not connected. Because if it's connected, then you don't have to say it. Over. That's opinion. Okay. So now, therefore, be careful. Don't get involved. Don't talk in middle in middle of the uh, of the bedika because some people just stick to the matters of the bedika of the searching. Don't talk about anything else. So you're going to say, oh, okay, in the middle of a mitzvah, so when I washed, I made mozi, right? And then you're going to tell me, don't talk a whole meal, right? You know, because you made the mozi, and now you're going to talk, you're going to make an interruption. You might have to make another mozi. No, no, no. He says, that's not the same thing. Oh, okay, now, now that's, that's not at all compared to what I said, because over there you're not doing a mitzvah, you're not making a brach on a mitzvah, you're making a brach on you're making a blessing for enjoyment, you make only one, one blessing, that's saved, there's no problem there. But here we're talking about one who will be eating in a sukkah. Right? <coughs> sukkah. So what happens, you're sitting in the sukkah, and you want to talk a little, you want to schmooze a little bit, right? You're going to say, oh, you're going to have to make a new bracha, leisha uh, basukkah. Because you know you made the list, you interrupted. She says no. It's not the same as the Masir Bem Tsudosi. Like one talking in the middle of the meal. When while he's sitting in the sukkah, he will not need to make another bracha Leshibasuka. Once you start the meal, you make Leshibasuka, that's it. You don't make another Leshibasuka. And the reason is because he is not forced to be in the sukkah to, after talking. So, why? 
you don't have to you don't have to sit in sukkah. There's no mitzvah in you to sit in the sukkah now because if you don't wish to eat anymore, you don't want to sit in the sukkah. You have the right. There's no nobody telling you they have to sit in the sukkah now and that you have to continue doing that. But it's different when it comes to the situation of the chametz. He is obligated, he's obliged, he's forced to finish the medika. That follows the talk. Why he hasn't finished searching his house? The Chacham said you have to search your whole house. So you're interrupting in the middle of your obligation. You're still obligated now after you finish talking. You're still obligated. So we're saying because you're still obligated to uh, search in all the areas in which you bring in Chavetz. Had he forgotten to make a blessing in the beginning of his searching, he would still be obligated to make a blessing for now. So in other words, it's, va- it's worth a bracha. This is worth a bracha, because if you didn't make, you couldn't do it. So it is worth a bracha. And therefore, because, the, and you interrupt it. So it's like doing, now he has to go ahead and make another bracha. Because he already interrupted with talking after the first bracha. So you finished one thing, and now you have a new obligation. You have to go to the same thing would be in any similar situation in other mitzvahs which are mandatory you still have to do that and a person cannot exempt himself so there would be one opinion that says we don't rule like that so therefore we're telling the person don't speak out after you have even after you start searching because you still have to continue searching by the sukkah you don't have to if you don't now the truth of the matter is, what happens if a person, the second part, what he says over here, would apply to the sukkah too. Let's say you went in the sukkah, and you had your challah, you forgot to make a leisheba sukkah. And then you're going to eat another piece of challah, you're going to do another, you're still going to, you're going to make a bracha of leisheba sukkah now. Right. So that law would apply there too. But he just wants to say, that that's true by sukkah too. But it, the difference is, by the sukkah, he doesn't have to eat now if he doesn't want to. So the reason why he would make a bracha then, a second time, if, if he forgot, would be because he chooses to eat and he chooses to make the bracha. Right, but the but the bracha is leishev basukah, not to eat basukah. Okay, but leishev means that's a good point. But that's the bracha we make for spending time in the sukkah because actually the mitzvah is not. Yeah, well, the eating is is just a sort of. Uh, uh, becomes that you're a presence in the sukkah, and instead of making lechel, is to spend time in the sukkah because it's really part of sleeping, uh, uh, taking your uh, enjoyment, your study. You do everything in the sukkah just so that you are sort of spending time in the sukkah, just like you would spend time in your house. So they don't make a bracha especially for eating, but the eating sort of establishes that you come. But that's separate lechels in sukkah. But anyways, we make the bracha leishem basukkah. But over there. Now that you're coming over here at this point over here, I'm asking you now: Do you have to make? Are do you have to make a bracha leishem sukkah? The answer is you don't have to make a bracha leishem sukkah, and because why well, you don't have to continue eating, you finished eating. It would be actually different. It seems to me, according to that opinion, if the person hasn't yet fulfilled his mitzvah on the first night of sukkahs, when there is a mitzvah actually to eat in the sukkah, or perhaps 
what would be the din if what would be the halacha if the person if we hold that the meal of yomtev of simcha is minatora and then he has to eat a piece of bread or the lecha mishnah the two the two meals that one has to eat uh, on, on the, you know or even if it's a misma to eat the bread or to eat the kazais but he has to eat in the sukkah or the kebeid that he has to eat in the sukkah. I mean, I, I, sometimes he maybe have to eat there. Maybe then he would have to, according to that opinion, he might. In other words, we can make a scenario, even by the sukkah, the, the Alter Rebbe writes clearly, any time that you have to do the mitzvah, you must continue, there's still a mitzvah, then you would have to make a bracha, according to that opinion. So therefore, basically, he's suggesting to you, stay out of questions, don't speak anything else which is not connected to the bedikah, and that way you won't have to make a bracha for but sure. If you go in the circle with the intention of not eating, could you still have to say that. Like that's a that's a very that? good uh, that's a very good question. Like the answer is the answer, the answer is no. So the answer is no. Not only that, even if you're going to have a fruit or you're going to have a drink, a shahakol, you're not going to make a leshevah sukkah. You're only going to make a leshevah. You're going to have a mezonot or hamotzi. That's considered a, a substantial, and, and everything follows sort of the food. That's separate halacha over there. Yeah, and it follows the fruit. That's the main right. staple. Right. So, if you, so if you ate it, so if you sat down there and ate a piece of chicken, he wouldn't say it either. No. Okay. Let's do quickly one more halacha over here. That watch is, is broken. Yeah, yeah I'm not going with that watch. I'm going with that watch. Okay. Yeah, we'll do five more minutes. Water nine forever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Earlier. Yeah. yeah, he's changed it yesterday. He probably needs a bath. No, he changed it again today. The Who is obligated to search the home? The Balabais, the head of the household. He has to search it. But the family members who eat from him, meaning the children. And, you know, today it's different. Today the husbands eat from the what the wives work. But in the times of the Talmud, it used to be the breadwinner, you know, used to be the husband, used to be the breadwinner. Today we either have two breadwinners, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> well, or the wife is the breadwinner. The, is your wife. And she's the balabasta then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My wife wears the pants. No, okay, so... That's okay, listen. That's, that, that happens. I mean, after all, you live in Sharon, so... It's, uh, <laughs> No, no. Somebody say that it's unique. But yes, dear. It's yeah. it's a it's a you know the, the Talmud says that a problem of the many becomes a half a comfort. So you're not alone. <laughs> you know what they say: uh, a happy wife is a happy life. Yeah. All right. yeah. <laughs> okay. So now let's go weiter. Okay. So all jokes aside, uh, family members who eat from his from eat from his the obligation to check does not apply to them. They're not obligated. So people that are family members, now that would apply that would apply even if you have like older children, but if you're supporting them, they don't have uh, their own income and they don't, they rely on you for their income. So it's your responsibility. Not much has changed. Not much has changed. <laughs> it's different if the man isn't home. That says then it transfers to the other adults in the house. There's still an obligation, which means within the house, it's the man of the house, is the head of the household who's responsible. 
And the reason is because at the end of the day, Kivon Shein Achametz Shalahem, the Chametz isn't really theirs. It's the head of the household. He owns the Chametz, and since he owns the Chametz, it's his obligation. So if the husband stays home and the wife works, she got to do it. Yeah, well. <laughs> or she makes more money than him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, let's say this. Now, but today, especially in the old days, even then, uh, we have such large homes. You know, and what if your kid tells you, you know what, it's your, it's your food, you take out the garbage yourself, you know. So not alone that you... Um, it's not, not enough that you, 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 you are the one that is providing for everybody, is, but they say it's your food, so you, so you have to take out the garbage. In this case, it's your food, you have to do the searching. Yeah, but I guess if they have pity on you, they'll be so kind, they'll say, okay, you know what, we'll help you out. Today we have big houses. It's impossible for one person. He's gonna, needs a couple of nights to be searching the houses. So you get everybody involved in the... Uh, in the searching. So he says, If the owner, the head of the household, wants to make his family people as agents for this matter of a mitzvah, and if he wants to, he may say, look, I want the whole mitzvah for myself. I'm not going to share the mitzvah with anybody else, but he wants to make them an agent. That they should search. He has the right. Now, in this case, he's not doing it. He's giving them the mitzvah. He's bailing out. He's making them as agents to do the mitzvah. And therefore, then they make uh, the blessing of Abir Chometz. So the family members will make the blessing. Now, again, what does it mean? They? They means either one of them, whoever one you made of, doesn't, it's not talking about, he wants to make your family members, he's not talking about making several members, we'll see in a minute, whatever, but you're making your members of your family as agents, so then whoever you made the agent, he's going to make the bracha for it. However, that's not the right thing to do, you have a mitzvah, Chachamim said you have to search the house, so what are you giving away your mitzvah totally? But still, it's difficult. So we have to find a way that everybody can be part of this mitzvah. Nevertheless, it's proper for the person to check himself. And the reason is why. That's the rule by all the mitzvahs. It's a mitzvah that it's done better. It's more important, more greater mitzvah that it's done by you than sending somebody else in your place. So you can send an agent to do the mitzvah for you, but there's still a bigger mitzvah to do it by yourself. Do you have like a huge... Do you search every room? Well, sure, we have to search every room. Okay, uh, well, when I grew up, we searched... We put chametz in a few rooms, and then we search there. Uh-huh. You're saying you search every room. So c- can you assign a few kids? Oh, so what happens? So now we're going to be very practical about it. So he's talking very practical. So what happens? Okay, so the first thing is, but he tells you. Number one, the head of the household, he has the obligation. It's his obligation. It's nobody else's obligation. It's his obligation. It's his chametz. He should be doing it by itself. There is a greater mitzvah doing it by yourself. Yes, thank you, but no thank you. You know, I can use some help over here. But what happens, he gives you, but if you can't do the whole thing by yourself, he cannot trouble himself to go search all the rooms and in all the places. So he says, at least you should search one room. Or at least, or one corner. 
So you do the mitzvah a little bit. Don't just give it totally away. But what you should do is you put your family members standing next to you at the time that you're making a blessing for your searching. So you're doing one corner. You're placing them next to you. You should have in mind to fulfill them with your bracha. They don't have to make, because they'll be doing a mitzvah too. They shouldn't have to make their own bracha. They're fulfilling it with your bracha. And they respond, Amen. When you say, They say, Amen. After you make the blessing. They should have in mind to fulfill their obligation. You have in mind to fulfill them with your blessing. They have in mind to fulfill their obligation with your blessing. They say, Amen. And then they scatter to search each person in a designated place. Everybody's going to search a certain part. Well, it's like That's the, the way we do it. It's like the Megillah. Someone says the blessing, but it covers everybody. That's right. And one makes the bracha, and everybody says, Amen. And they have it in mind, and it covers everybody. Right. Now, but you have to be careful... So since now you have many people searching, so one is tempted to go right away to another spot in the house. So he's going to be walking, he's going to be making an interruption from the base of the blessing because he has to designate another place. So he says, you have to be careful. That as soon as you hear the bracha, don't go to your place right away. You begin searching in the rooms that are close to the place, to the house, which you hear the bracha. First you were in that house. Don't go immediately. Start to search and just move along there. Because going from one room, from one house to another house, he doesn't say from room to room over here, he uses from house to house. House to house, it worked a little different over there because they had like sectioned off houses, like a house was in... Two houses together. Yeah, the head or four houses or whatever, like an apartment building or, or even less than that. But he says it's considered going from one house to the other house. He doesn't say here from room to room. He says house to house. Even though uh, he also uses the word cheder, rooms. He uses houses, he uses corners, he uses holes. But he goes, so going from house to house is considered a half second interruption between ben mitzvah between the bracha and the beginning of doing of the mitzvah. Commission is barbi simen ches ayin as explained in simen ches. Look over there. So over there we see that going from one room to the other room is would be a interruption. That's why when you make a bracha, uh, you shouldn't really go to the other room. Now what happens again? What happens if he did walk to the other room? Uh, since it was for the purpose of Dikas Chometz, it still seems to me he would not have to make another bracha. Uh, even, and with the, even, even, even though that there was an interruption here, and if he spoke with words, yes, I'm not sure. That needs to be looked at. Halacha Tess. We can actually finish this. Halacha Tess. Okay. Okay, we'll leave over here. Sif uh, Tess. Um, we were discussing over here that the family members that are gathered around the person making the bracha, the head of the household makes the bracha, and then each one goes ahead and checks this other part of the house. So they basically make it easier for him to check, so they give each one a section of the house. So what he recommended 
that they don't go right away to their designated part of the house because that walking between the place of the blessing to their spot will be an interruption. So they should really start right there. So they start the searching over here. And then you, once you started, you go to the other so place. So you're walking, you're searching. Really or search a little bit. Yeah. Or even if you started to search already and then you stop and you walk to your place, you've begun the mitzvah. Then you, because there is a bigger problem with interrupting between the bracha and the beginning of the mitzvah as opposed to making a interruption within the mitzvah itself once you've started to do the mitzvah already. And he said that uh, even though one should not unnecessarily speak of other matters, even in the middle of once he started the mitzvah, because there is some opinions object to that also, even talking on the middle of the mitzvah. Now, what he says over here is, so what happens though if the people made the, heard the bracha, they did not start the search, and then they go and they go to the other room, and there is an interruption there. Would they then have to make a bracha? So that's what we're going to learn right now. So he says like this, the this the, All this that we said, that they should start their searching right here, rather than go to their designated place, that's that's to begin with, that's the right way to do it. But after the fact, which means... But they did shavru. They did not. They pass, They they transgressed. They did not do this checking over here. They made an interruption in between hearing the blessing and the beginning of the searching. They made an interruption how? Because they walked to the other place. Or he says even further. Even if they hadn't heard at all the blessing, they hadn't heard and made the blessing. So the head of the household made the blessing, they weren't present. Now the question that they have, they're going to check a certain section. Do they have to make a blessing now because they didn't hear? Or they interrupted, do they have to make a blessing? He says, They are not required to make a blessing on their searching. Why? Because Kivon Shehem Atzmam Einon Chayovim Bibdikazu, they themselves are not obligated on this checking. They are only doing it to help the head of the household. Because we said before the Chomets belongs to the head of the household. So they are just merely helping him out. But there is no obligation upon them to search the Chomets. Their only reason they're checking is to exempt the head of the household from his obligation. So, therefore, we're saying as follows. The head of the household did make a bracha and is checking in the other place. So if he would come in this place now to do what they're doing in his stead, he would not need to make a bracha because he's continuing. He already started. He is continuing his search. So, 
the head of the household himself, had he searched also those places that his family members are searching, he would not be obligated to make another bracha for those places that are kivon, because he had already made the bracha once, and he started to search. So if he continued to search in these places, over here he would not have to make a bracha. So therefore, lefikach, therefore, also his family members who are doing his a job, they're doing his mission, his, they're his agents, they don't have to make a bracha. So, so in that case, he says, so if they're not only doing to obligate it to the other person, and they themselves would not make a bracha, so why are we requiring them to gather around the head of the household when he makes his bracha to hear to the bracha? Why would they need to hear to the bracha if they're only doing it for him and he wouldn't have to make the bracha? Let them just go search there without even listening to the bracha and say amen. Not only is they say amen, they're by, when we require them to be there when he's making the bracha, it's as if they're making the bracha because when they do say amen, they're actually being part of that bracha. But the question he wants to say, why would we need them even to be part of the bracha? Uh, if you're saying that the head of the household would not be required to make a bracha over there, so why should they listen? Why should they even say amen? He says no. To begin with, you should not really go check without listening to the bracha. Why? Because they do are they are doing a mitzvah. You should not really do a mitzvah without making a blessing in front of it. So therefore, listen to the bracha, say amen, and then you're making the bracha, you're listening to a bracha, and you it's like you're saying the bracha, and then you're doing the searching. But if it happens that you didn't hear, or you interrupted because you walked over there, since it's not your obligation, and you're just helping him out, and he wouldn't have to make the bracha, then you don't have to make the bracha. But it seems quite clearly from all this, what happens if the head of the household himself made a bracha, and then he took a walk to another apartment, then he would have to make a new bracha because that would be an interruption for him. Just like we learned earlier about speaking in between, uh, the same thing would be walking would be also an interruption. And he would have to make a bracha. Or if, let's say, a head of a household is not home for Arab Pesach, he makes somebody an agent, so the other guy is actually making the bracha in his place and he's doing his job. So then uh, a bracha would need to be made uh, and not consider that interruption. Once you made the bracha you're, and you started the searching, then interruptions don't require you to make another bracha. Even though you're not you're going to another building. Right? Yeah, but once you made the bracha, the, 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 the walking and the speaking is not, once you're in the middle of the mitzvah. So technically, was based on that, if you started it, and you interrupt, you come back an hour later and continue going. Um, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I would say that even if he started, something came up that he can't do it. 
By the way, we already learned that one shouldn't do anything at the time of Adikas Khamet. So he shouldn't really take no phone calls or he shouldn't really... Well, you're talking about an emergency. So let's say an emergency happened, he had to stop his bedika for somebody, a kid got hurt, or something ran, something bad. So he had to stop. So when he comes back, he, he would not have to make a bracha. He still continue. continues his mitzvah that he started. Not all opinions. You don't make interruptions, he says, but if you made an interruption, once you started the mitzvah, you won't have to. Now, it is, again, I'm not going sure what the halacha is, but we have laws with regards to a talis. We have laws with regards to a sukkah. We have laws with regards to tefillin. Uh, when one interrupts how much of a time. It says like, something says two or three hours. There is perhaps a certain amount of time that passes that one would require to be making another bracha after a certain level of time, a certain amount of time. But we're talking about if it's not a very extended level of time, then it would be uh, okay. Now the question would be is, is what happens if somebody has to use the facilities in between? Uh, in between the checking. Would he have to make another bracha or not afterwards? Okay, those are um, very specific uh, questions. It might be because we can sort of almost learn this from the halachas of, of like you said, like tzitzis and, and the tefillin or uh, uh, sukkah, like how long do you have to be out of the sukkah in order to come back to make uh, another bracha when you come back to the sukkah. So how long is the wait? So if that happens to happen, then you have to look at it very specifically again, in that case. Opinions, yeah? There's multiple opinions. Whose opinion Okay, so that's the rabbi has to go and just make the decision. Who, who, who he respects the most? No, well, well it doesn't I'm go just, that way. But it, I mean, they could have five rabbis that have writings on opinions on this. Yeah, well, we would try to uh, we would try to look and find the, uh, you know, uh, what the what the you know, would, would, depending for whom, depending for what. First of all, in, you know, if you talk about some very specific cases, it'll be the rabbi's job to try to analyze what this can, can be compared to so that he comes up with the, with the right ruling because uh, the first issue is not if there are several opinions you might even not even find several opinions it may not even be, not always is it discussed you have to try to sometimes figure out how you can compare this to something else that has been discussed no different than in the legal system they always look oh, on precedent. cases precedent. on precedent, they're looking on cases how people oh, rule uh, and then you would usually, it depends. If you go by the Rav, you rule like the Rav. If you go like the Mishnah Brura, you can go like the Mishnah Brura. If you go by the majority of opinion, if there's different opinion, then that's what you do. Okay, let's go weiter. Halacha Yud. Now he says like this. Who, who qualifies, in Sif Yud, who qualifies as an agent to go ahead and search? So he says like this, When you wish to make an agent to go check the chametz, you can make you can have even your maidservant, and even though for some mitzvahs we know that uh, women are not, uh, are not obligated in time-bound mitzvah, like the searching of the chametz uh, is the obligation of the head of the household, uh, Interesting question, uh, what happens if a woman lives alone, right? Uh, yeah, she's the head of the household. It would seem that um, 
and that she should be required to uh, check as well because that's to protect her home from uh, from any comets. But in this case, we're talking about, okay, that's her obligation. But if you want to make an agent and you want a woman to be your agent to help you search the household, or Isha, or for that matter, if you want to take a cotton, a cotton means a minor, somebody's on the bar mitzvah, you want him to help you out to search the house. But provided Shiyesh Baidas, uh, he has intelligence. In other words, he knows what to what to do. Uh, and he has the ability to check. In other words, the minor uh, has the ability that he's able to do all the details of the searching. She's Baru Bisiman Tof Lamed Gimel, as explains him Tof Lamed Gimel. So he says. I mean, the issue is here, can you really trust somebody else to do the job right? So you know what needs to be done, and now you're dispensing your obligation by asking somebody else to do it in your stead. Like if you're ill, maybe, you ask. Oh, no, or, yeah, or you have a big house. You've got a house with 20 rooms. rooms yeah, how are you going to do it? Yeah. Okay, so we say, so this is, a, this is something which is, we don't say it at all the time, Sometimes we would um, we would apply a law. Well, you send a minor over there. He may be lazy. He may tell you come back. You know, you ever sell a kid to do a job? He comes back ten minutes later. I did the job already. I did my room. You come in there. Nothing has been done. You know. I mean. So we see. So he said. But hakol kshedon v'dikas chametz. Everybody is fit to search the chametz. Va'akol namonim alabdika. And everybody is believed. If they come back and they said, I checked it. Okay, so they're believed to say that they checked it. We don't have to worry that maybe they're going to be lazy to really do a good, a good search. They're going to come back and say, no, no, we cleaned it well, or we searched well. So we don't have to worry about that. Why? Because the kibon shebedikas chametz ene lemedivri sofrim. Because the whole reason that we're searching for the chametz is only from the words of the rabbis. It's not a Torah command. Shemin <laughs> because as from the Torah's perspective, that would be sufficient if a person would just give it up, as we learned, He'd give up his chametz, say, I don't want it, that would be sufficient from the Torah's perspective. Commission is Bayer B'Simen Tov as was explained earlier in the previous Salach and Tov so So since it's a requirement of the rabbis, so the chachamim say, we believe them, so it's okay. Because it's our obligation, we choose to believe them. They said to check, and they also said, that all these are believed for the badika. Now, there is not, this, this whole concept over here, you can see... It's, uh, it's, it's, it's sort of, you know, hesitation over here. Why? Because when we are actually dealing with a mitzvah of the Torah, when we're dealing with a Torah command, then we could not trust all these people. You cannot actually trust that you should uh, believe them. And not only that, as we're going to see... Um, 
even with the Rabbonon, not all the time, as we're going to learn. Even the Rabbonon, we can't always, Rabbonon means from the rabbis, we won't trust all these people. Now, uh, no offense, but as from the halachic perspective, and I think in the reality, sometimes we see differently, you know, uh, how many times I wash the dishes, my wife comes back and says, no, no, those, I got to rewash I got to rewash the dishes. You didn't do a good job. But it it. And then, and then, what? But really, isn't when Srebrenica tends to be more leniency yes. versus the others? So yeah. That's what he's doing is the leniency. The leniency, about it, yeah. No, but I'm saying as far as trusting women or trusting. So, children, I understand, but women today seem to be more meticulous and more particular than even the men. But from the Shulchanarik's perspective, I guess in their, in their days, uh, the men were the ones that were responsible. And hence, again, I don't want to get into politics, yeah. but this comes also issues about the Arab checking, for women checking the Arab, whether that would be accepted or not. But over here, I know in our community, they do it. Yeah, I know, but that's, that's not such a simple matter, as we're going to see. So let's see over here. We're going to learn another halach over here. The Al-Rebbe writes in the parenthesis like this. This is talking about specifically, not, not, not about women, this is talking about minors, yeah. kids that are under bar mitzvah, and they're not mechoyev yet, they're not obligated in the mitzvahs. And the unfortunate reality that we live in today, even th- those who are beyond bar mitzvah aren't really so serious many times about their mitzvot, about doing the mitzvot, and you know, they say, we did it, we didn't, you know, you can't really trust so much people if they're not really pious, or not really serious, not really devout, you know, really uh, doing things and practicing. I mean, a lot of people, you know, today just say, well, we did it, you know, and they just do things just to get over it. But we're talking about here, strictly from the law, the people were doing the right thing, they were supposed to do the right thing. And now, so we have an issue over here, which is called Ischazik Isura. He says, In any case in where there has been established a prohibition, even if it's only from the rabbis, what does it mean has been established? Because certain scenarios, the prohibition is here, it's been established, and what you got to do is you got to remove that uh, that scenario. So let's say like this in this case. There is established that the house has chametz. That's been, that's a given. Because you use the house for chametz all the time. So now you need to prove to us that the chametz was removed. It's different if it's a situation which you have never, we don't even know if there's chametz over there. So it's much less to take away from a certain fact that was already established takes more believability than to allow for a situation in which it was never been established. Let's see inside. A minor would not be believed to say, I have fixed the prohibition. If there was already established a prohibition, then he would not be allowed to, even if the prohibition is only from the rabbis. Commission the day as brought down in the Shulchan Aruch the Kuf Zayin. 
But the in our case, is Chazik Yisura. The prohibition has been established over here. We know We know that there is chametz here all year. So now, what do we have to believe the child? We have to believe the child that the status of this house changed. Instead of a house being a house with chametz, it's no longer chametz. So what we're believing the child to do is what? Take it out from an established isur. Still, the miner is believed to say, I have removed the chametz from the house. Since he has the ability to go ahead and remove, so which means when a cotton, it'll just be testifying about something, that the fact has changed. Let's say if he says, this has changed, without him having the ability to make the change, then we won't believe him. But if he has the ability to change it, like in this case, he has the opportunity to check and to remove. The cold anything he had uh, the opportunity to do it. So he believed to say that he's done it. That is the reason why we always believe one person. You go into somebody's house, right? You go and you say it's kosher. How do you know it's kosher? How do you know it's kosher? Because you believe the person, you believe one person, you believe any, you believe them because they had the opportunity to buy kosher. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, they have always the ability. But if you know that there was something not kosher over here, uh, let's say that you had uh, two pieces over here and one of them was not kosher, it's been established that it, that is, is kosher and the and it's not a case where you can fix it, where the child can fix it or take her away, then you would not necessarily believe. But these are other laws we're not going to get to. But nevertheless, he says like this. Let's finish up. We have two more. See from over here, short ones. Let's finish up. The best way to do the mitzvah is one shall not rely on his searching. Only on men who are free not slaves, she mitzvahs that have reached the age of mitzvahs, the hainu that is miyud gimel shana ve'elach, thirteen years and up, and the reason is lefish abdika kilchasa yesh b'toyrech gadol, because searching properly is a great trouble. V'yesh lochu shemis atzlu la'yivdu yafa, and we worry that maybe they're going to be lazy and they're not going to search it well. Now again, the reality is when you see how the women make Pesach today, you know, you see that they are much more stringent than the men. You know, my wife doesn't trust when I say this was kosher. She says, that's not kosher enough for me. You know, in other words, she says, you know, the, and then, you know, we clean the house. She says, no, I got to go clean it again. You know, this is not, you missed this part, you missed that part, you didn't do it good enough. So the reality is, but from the halachas perspective is, I guess the men were more religious then, and they were more particular then. They were more educated, uh, too. I, I, I think... Yeah. Woman today is more educated in, in, the, in the laws. Okay, yeah, but the... the I mean, we're not going to go change the laws over no, here because no, no, of that. that. But I'm saying, 
but this is the law. But the, the, the practical, for all practical purposes, it's like saying, you know, people say that today you don't need a candle because you can use a flashlight. And other people say that it's okay to use a flashlight, but we don't do that. We just use the old-fashioned way. They say a flashlight works better than a, than a, than a, than a, than a candle. But we keep the tradition. We're not going to go change things and say it differently. So even though sometimes we think the reality is different than what the Shulchan Aruch says, we're still going to go by what the Shulchan Aruch says and not by what we think is the reality. You can add to it. So like today... By the time you come to search the Chumash, you have vacuumed up your house, you have cleaned it up, there is nothing going to be there. I mean, hopefully, because like it says, it's not practical to come in for uh, half an hour, an hour, and just search your house. You're not going to uh, uh, do anything. You're not even going to make a dent in but your place. The fact is, the technology has changed the way you do it, and it's more effective. Uh, more effective, but you still keep your old your tradition, tradition as well. Right. And, you know, quite frankly, uh, it's easier for a miner to get under the bed, yeah, or right. to go behind the dirt, and then right. somebody, an overweight, you know, adult, to, to go climb down there. You know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to. Practically speaking, it's it's easier to do a better job. Let's finish up two more halachas over here. Now we're talking halachah So he says like this: There are those that have the custom hanoyagim They put pieces of bread in several places in the house before you're going to search. So we put 10 pieces as we know. So he says, if they put the pieces now, the way we do it is we put it on a piece of paper because we're afraid that it's going to crumb. But in this case, you know, they put it just down. So he says, they must be careful to place hardened chametz. In other words, hardened chametz that doesn't crumble. Because then you're going to put it down. Part of it is going to, you're trying to search for the chametz, but you may make it worse by putting it there because you might have some of the uh, crumbs come up of it. And then it's going to be in the house of Pesach. Okay, maybe it's going to be less than a shear or whatever, but you don't want chametz in your house of Pesach at all. Now he says, that's one thing you got to be careful. Now, in the times of the halacha, uh, there was, they had to deal with an infestation of mice. And that was something that we were going to learn. A lot of the laws involve mice because that was part of their reality that they had to do. So he says, you got to be careful. I mean, they were like the free tenants over there. Wherever there were people, they were the tenants. So he says, you got to be careful. So that mice or young children shouldn't take it away. So you're putting it out over there. you got to protect it in such a way that makes sure that it doesn't get uh, pulled away. So A... You have to make sure that it's hard, that it doesn't crumble. That's one. And also, you have to guard it so that you make sure that nobody pulls it away. is going to explain later on. Now, he's going to explain to you why are we putting down these pieces of, 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 of chametz. Why do we put them down? So he says like this. Strictly from the law, you're not necessary, it's not necessary to place these pieces before you're searching. You don't need to put them. Why? But I'm going to search and I'm not going to find anything. So why, why should I put it down? But the, well, why, I'm not going to find if I don't put it down. So he says like this. Say like he didn't put those pieces down. He's going to search and he's not going to find any chametz in his searching. And he made a blessing to remove the chametz, and he has no chametz to remove. He didn't find anything. 
He still did not make a blessing in vain. Why? Because Shekacha Mitzvah. Because the mitzvah is not to find chametz. The mitzvah is to search for the chametz, to search for chametz, and to go look for it. You're going to look for the chametz. Shema Maybe you're going to find something of it. So the whole mitzvah is to go look so that maybe you're going to find. But the imlay matzah, if you didn't find, ain't bekach klum. That doesn't matter. You have fulfilled the mitzvah fully. By just going ahead and searching for the chametz. However, the custom has already been accepted, has been widely uh, done in a way that you place them. And he adds the word, He says, A custom, don't just say, Well, it's a custom, so I can sort of do away with a custom. He say a minag of Yisrael Torah becomes a rule, becomes a halacha. So even though it's based on tradition, but that tradition gets later on the status of a Torah, gets the status of halacha. One more, Sif, Sif Yud base 12, subsection 12. There are those that are very careful, very particular, and they would wash their hands before they search for the chametz. So he says, uh, now, it doesn't say how they wash the hands, but we always wash the hands alternatively outside of blessing uh, for the bread. So I'm assuming that the netila that he's talking about over here is done in the way, alternately, alternatively, that you do that. So he says, now, normally, if you are going to be washing your hands when you're not supposed to, that gives you a, a, a no. it looks like a, a level of arrogance. Uh, you know, why are you going around washing your hands all day before the... One who washes his hands in areas where the Chachomim have not instituted, then he is considered one of the arrogant of spirit. You know, you're haughty, you're trying to show off that you're doing uh, better. But but nevertheless, the searching of the chametz comes to cleanse sort of the holiday, to remove all the chametz. Besides the literal chametz has also the significance of that remove the chametz of your own self, it's your own soul, it's your own haughtiness, your own arrogance to try to, matzah is flat, is matzah isn't uh, rise. So still, the as said above, that is coming to pure out the holiday. It is a important mitzvah. And it is fit to be done in a clean way. I have not seen, I'm not going to say that, I have not seen done in my home, we did not do this. I haven't seen it in the customs of Chabad to be done. I don't think that the Rebbe brings down the Agoda to do so, so it's not actually practiced in reality. But it's interesting that there is something by it, and if those who want to practice it, this would be okay, and it will not be considered from the Gassi Ruach.